and welcome back to DK Sports Radio. I am Alex Stunk, and this is Sunday Lineup. So this is going to be a, a weekly weekend uh, Pirates podcast whenever we examine what has been going on in Pirates baseball, what might be going on in Pirates baseball in the future, uh, maybe get some interviews. It, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun as this uh, evolves over the course of the 2020 season. It's going to be a shorter season, but, you know, still going to be fun in that regard. Uh, I can't do this alone, though. So I have with me my, my good friend, Noah Hiles. I'll let him, you know, speak and introduce himself for a second. Uh, those of you who listen to 93.7 might recognize Noah. He did a lot of work for the Pirates pre- and post-game shows for years. Uh, he's moved on to uh, bigger and better things uh, as a reporter for News Talk 40, 1480 WHBC in Canton, but he's still one of my favorite people to talk Pirates baseball with. I'm really excited for you guys to get to know him. Uh, Noah, say hello to the nice people of DK Sports Radio. Well, how's it going, everybody? Glad to uh, join in on the conversation. Alex, I appreciate you uh, saying that you're going to let me introduce myself and then pretty much reading off my entire LinkedIn page uh, there. So that's, that's a great start. No, but uh, I'm you have a You have a good photo. You yeah, for, for, for those who don't know who I am, Alex and I have been talking baseball on different platforms for different, uh, you know, media outlets for the last, I don't know, how long has it been? Three, four years now? So uh, it's, it's been a while. That's how Alex and I have met while covering the Pirates. And um, we've both grown our personal followings and helped find other opportunities through our Pirates coverage. So I think we do a decent job. Um, we have a good chemistry, and hopefully we can put on an entertaining show for everyone listening, not only today, but throughout this entire crazy season that's to come, and hopefully more seasons after that, because they already released the 2021 schedule. So I don't know about you, but pencil in our opening day episode for 2021 when they are in Wrigley, you know, in April. Yeah, and that's 162 games. So yeah. that'll be nice. <laughs> it sure will be you know 2021 is gonna be either be like the best year ever or like the biggest disappointment of mankind <laughs> just by comparison of what 2020 has been it really is it's like like it's like when like a family has like a horrible oldest child and like the second one it's like you have no expectations like all you have to do is simply be average and you will be the best um, says the second kinda, child to the oldest child. Well, yes. I was going to say that's kind of like how my sister had it compared to me. I'm the oldest. So like, yeah, my parents love oh, okay. because of, you know, she had, she had me to compare to. So anyway, let's get into some pirates talk, Alex. Um, unlike me, who's been here in Canton, uh, just actually was applying for Indians credentials today and uh, p- applying for all the games when the pirates are playing the Indians. So we'll probably see each other um, through that. But uh, you, have gotten to cover live sports. You're one of the yes. you're one of the rare Americans who has seen baseball in person at the professional level. Now, granted, they're just playing against each other. But first things first, what was it like to be at PNC Park in the midst of the biggest health pandemic of our lifetime? It was well, it was calming. It was nice to actually get to the stadium because especially the last couple months, it, it had been just such constant anxiety of are they going to actually be able to reach a deal is there actually going to be a season is the public health situation going to be not terrible enough that they could actually pull off this season there are a lot of factors like that um 
but to actually be in the ballpark, to actually watch, you know, a, a worthless scrimmage in the grand scheme of things where Trevor Williams is getting Josh Bell to whiff five times in a row. I don't know if Josh Bell is going to whiff five times in a row again in 2020 or even 2021 for that matter. But, you know, that long a layoff, you know, getting, it wasn't the best of baseball, but it was, it was so fun just to watch, uh, to, you know, actually do my job, share videos of what's going on. Like, hey, check out this Nick Birdie breaking ball. It looked pretty good, right? I saw, I saw you tweet that out, and I'm sure it was a nasty pitch, Alex, but from the, <laughs> that video, you could barely see the base. Yeah, yeah. I, but no, it's, I'm, but it's, it's to go. To there's only so many places I'm allowed to go. But, in, but to play off of that, even if you couldn't really see the baseball, as someone who's been following your coverage and DK's coverage and, you know, pretty much every beat reporter for every outlet of every team's coverage, it's just nice to see some sort of progress being made. It's nice to see Francisco Lindor doing a cartwheel as he lands on home plate. It's nice to see, you know, Garrett Cole. I don't know if you saw the John Boy video where he was complaining yeah. about the b baseball and then he allowed the home run and was like, whatever. You know, it's nice to see Garrett Cole throwing temper tantrums again. It's nice to see, <laughs> it's nice to see some baseball. It's nice to see uh, Stephen Brault in the stands messing around. You know, it's just nice to feel a little normal. And while your video was far away or whatever it's it's nice to see Nick Birdie throwing on the mound and I'll take your word for it and I'll read your words about it and it's it's exciting it's exciting and um I was talking with my coworker the other day uh I'm not a very I mean I'm an emotional guy in the sense where like I'm very ex I, I'm exciting I have a lot of high energy but I'm not a big crier and I know there's no cheering in the press box but I honestly might cry when on opening day if I'm in a press box for, you know, the Indians or wherever, just, just see that back. I mean, that, that means a lot to me and it means a lot to a lot of people. And like, I know it sounds like corny or whatever, but it's just so exciting. I mean, it like, it, it will bring a tear to your eye because like a big part of so many people's lives is starting to return, you know? Yeah. And we all missed it. And everyone is craving sports in general Baseball is going to be the first one back, even if it's only for a couple of weeks until, you know, the hockey picks up and, you know, playoff hockey, that's going to be a tough, that's going to be a tough sell for, for me to be like, Hey, regular season pirates baseball, whenever the penguins are playing the Canadians. But did I know. see the pirates are playing their games late at night too? Their workouts or no, like their regular season games. Do they have times for those yet? Uh, yeah. What time are they normally going to be played? Five? No, like the normal seven, eight, since half of their yeah, games are the going to be in the central time zone. For, for the Pirates, Indians, and this is in August, um, but in PNC Park, it said the game start time was at 10 p.m. That Maybe, doesn't sound right. Yeah, it doesn't sound right at all. And the Indians, first week of the season, I think their games are at five. And the only reason I bring this up is if the Pirates are playing earlier or later in the day, that might be like a Yinzer dream where you have opening week baseball because the Penguins are in the primetime spot for their week uh, round one matchups. So you might be able to get both in without too much of a crossover, which would be awesome. Yeah, no, nah, it's going to be a normal time. They're not going to mess with the schedule any further than they already have. Fair, fair. 
All right, so how did how did the team look? I mean, like you said, Josh Bell had some whiffs. Obviously, pitchers are going to look a lot better than hitters right now. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I noticed from your coverage, Cole Tucker, still, in fact, good at fielding baseball. Yes, he is. Uh, you, I don't know how much you could actually put into a lot of this stuff because no one's at 100% right now. And no one's giving, you know, 100% right now. It makes no sense to go, you know, max effort right out of the gate. From what I've seen, there are some encouraging things. Yeah, Cole Tucker can still range to both directions. Uh, Nick Birdie, the stuff looks good. The pitchers in general. I mean, Derek Shelton said that he expected the pitchers to come in, you know, a little ahead of the hitters because it's tough for hitters to face, you know, quality live pitching, you know, whenever you're quarantined. Uh, but, yeah, it's Gregory Polanco making throws to third and home. That is very different than what he was talking about the entire time in Bradenton, whenever he's like, look, I'm just going to hit the cutoff, man. I, I, I got to protect the shoulder. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, the, the designated hitters there. And he's like, well, I don't really want to do that. Let's, let's see if I can hit third or home. So the throws, they weren't as strong as they could have possibly been. But, again, not giving the max effort. Uh, but they were accurate. They were online. He actually reached the plate. That's that's an encouraging sign to see, you know, on one hop. And then in a game situation, he, like, two-hopped third base from pretty far back. Not terrible. Uh, there are a lot of encouraging signs. There, the Brian Reynolds quote, you know, the Brian Reynolds very dry humor. He's like, we weren't just sitting around eating, eating Fritos on the couch the entire time. He wouldn't have. He said he liked Cheetos more. But, you know, that's <laughs> – I mean, I, like you talked about Polanco, and I think that, yeah, I will agree. There's not a lot you can take away from this. But guys like Gregory Polanco are the exception to that, where, you know, I don't think anyone really knows what to expect from him, where they rushed him back clearly last year, and they shut him down. And then in spring, like you mentioned, he's talking about how the arm pretty much is never going to be what it was and which was a very strong, reliable throwing arm from the outfield. Um, but to, to hear that he's, he's making these throws to third, that he's making the throws to the plate, maybe by August or September, it, it will have some, some similarities to what it used to be. And I, 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 as someone who had shoulder problems, I can kind of understand that it might never be like that again, but it'd be nice to have a reliable arm in right field. And you know what? He said it. Everyone knows it. He's got to be tested. Yeah. Like, especially early on in the year, there are going to be, there are going to be people who want to go first to third on those base hits to right. And you know what? If he could just get like the first couple, if he could just get a couple early on and shut that down, that would save a lot of stress over the course of the year. Like, okay, the arm's back. Don't, don't test it. But until he is able to prove that he can get those guys out at third, out at home, they're going to try to take those extra bases. And that's going to be the real wild card for this defense in general. Because, like, Frazier, Stallings, Dyson, there are – Reynolds, there are good fielders in this, uh, in this field. And even someone like Josh Bell, the, the new throwing mechanics, they aren't exactly – sexy to look at but they but they are a lot better whenever you see him turn those you know try to turn those three six threes in in fielding situation I know that's during drills and not during game situations 
but it looks a lot better. Polanco is going to be the real wild card, especially on that right side of the field. I mean, they, you've got a gold glove nominee in Frazier, and then you've got two big question marks. Yeah. Do you think outfield depth in general is the Pirates' biggest weakness so far? Uh, it, it could be. If Polanco gets hurt, then you've got a whole lot of problems. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you could potentially move Adam Frazier back out to the outfield, but there's no real plans to do so right now. Uh, Kevin Kramer is off the table. So after that, you're looking at Guillermo Heredia taking a starting spot. Uh, maybe Jason Martin being the next guy up after that. But they, wouldn't, they wouldn't rush Cruz. No, they wouldn't rush. Cruz has never played in the outfield. Oh, that's right. I'm just assuming that he will be an outfielder, though. He, he probably will be an outfielder, yeah. but as of now, he's just been a shortstop. So there really aren't a lot of options right now in the outfield. And it is, it's almost to the point that if someone gets hurt, the Pirates might just need to straight up acquire another outfielder, either through the free agent market. I mean, Puig is the obvious you know, candidate there, but he, he's not going to come to Pittsburgh. What about Melky? Oh. Melky just signed with the Mets. Oh, did he? I, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, very unceremonious mm. signing. I don't blame you. Uh, well, he didn't. He didn't speak to any uh, of the reporters about it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe there's a trade that they can make along the way. That, but that's so far down. There's a lot writing on Gregory Polanco playing, being healthy for these sixty games, and being able to field his position. Alex, um, what would you say the players' attitude? Obviously, they're they're taking it serious. Um, but have you picked up on a sense of legitimate fear for any of the players of you know their their health for COVID nineteen? Not fear, but definite concern. Uh, Nick Birdie and his wife were expecting, and she's at home. She's not going to – it's going to be a couple weeks. After a couple weeks and, you know, if Major League Baseball has gotten its act together and, you know, getting timely testing back and, you know, if the league rate hasn't skyrocketed and they feel it's safe, okay, they'll, they'll get back together. But right now they just don't have that confidence in everything that's been set up right now. So I think there are legitimate concerns with what's going on health-wise across the league. Uh, but for the most part, no. They, they, if they were really afraid, they wouldn't be here right now. And Hector Noesi is the only player who has opted out, and that was mostly cited to, like, family reasons. It wasn't specifically attributed to he didn't feel comfortable with the health protocols or the potential risks associated with this season. Okay. And I guess uh... – the final thing we have for the Pirates, I mean, we, could, we should mention, you know, there, there are still players that haven't showed up yet. Not sure if that's COVID-19 related or not. We just don't know. And I don't think you'll ever be able to reveal that if you do know, correct? Correct. Okay. A player has to consent yeah. to share any health information this year. Oh, well, speaking of that, I don't know about you, but I've been tested for COVID-19. Have you gotten tested for COVID-19? I have not. Oh, let I've, me tell you. I've done the daily check-ins and stuff like that, but I've, I have not taken a formal test. Do they take your uh, temperature when, before you come into PNC? Yeah. Yeah? Do they do the forehead mm -hmm. one? Yeah. Oh. The non-contact forehead yeah. one, so it's safe. Um, I was listening to an interview with Trevor Bauer earlier this week, and he, he kind of highlighted like what the players have to go through. 
And he said for like Red's protocol, they get tested. He says he gets tested or he gets his temperature taken four different times before noon. <sighs> Seems a bit excessive. I mean, I don't know, but like, it, especially if you know what we I'm not we're, it, it just general health for everything in this country. We are never going to know if we went too far. We're only going to know yeah. if we didn't do enough. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I just, I feel like after the third time, I'd be like, look, man, yeah. I'm okay today. Uh, but yeah. I'm I, getting concerned though, because my temperature is like registering in like the 96 area or whatever. I'm like, whoa, okay. That's, that bloody. seems a little cold blooded. <laughs> more, more old man Alex right there. Just, <laughs> um. So Pirates Indians possible scrimmage. Uh, you're here. Um, we're hearing dates. Um, maybe like sometime next weekend, possibly. Uh, they're in the process of setting that up. Could be a home and home thing. Could all be at PNC. Could all be in Cleveland. Uh, teams, correct me if I'm wrong here, Mr. Beat Writer, but teams are allowed to have three scrimmages prior to yes. the start of the regular season. It would make the most sense for the Pirates and the Indians to do this because they are the closest in distance to one another. Alex, do you think this happens? And um, how do you think this will go? Do you think they'll just play a normal nine-inning game? Uh, I, I think it does happen in, in some regards. Allegheny County has had has thrown some wrenches into the mix uh, the last couple weeks with the, with the new ordinances and orders. Uh, but that I don't see how that would prevent having the games, at the very least, in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, well, it, 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 it just makes too much sense. You want to face competition that is not your own players. And to answer your second question, you would also ideally want to have something resembling an actual game. So yeah. whenever you're in St. Louis on July 24th, that's not the first time that you've played a nine-inning game really since last September because yeah. nobody plays, you know, all nine innings in spring training games. Mm -hmm. So I, I think – that would be the most likely Cleveland is by far the most logical out of everything because a they're out of division. I, they're going to play each other a couple times this year, but it's not going to be like the reds where you, you maybe give the reds, you know, a little more. Like when the Pir the Pirates the and Phillies used to do this before season started, didn't they? Yeah. They to, yeah. They used to have like a scrimmage before the regular season started. Yeah. I mean, it, there's usually scrimmages for anything. The Pirates played the Astros a couple times last year. They went up to Montreal a couple years before that. So it's not, you know, out of the ordinary. That's where Lonnie Chisenhall got hurt last year. Yeah. And that's why he wasn't able to. A legendary player. He, he never made it out in a Pirates uniform. Goat. Um, I will say you mentioned Allegheny County. Cleveland is in Cuyahoga County and currently right now, um, they are at risk of – they are on watch to be at risk tier level four, which would be the equivalent of Pennsylvania, like, being in the red. Um, oh. Yes, there, there are three Ohio counties. Here's, here's Noah Hiles' news uh, portion uh, right now. Um, there are three Ohio counties. I think it's Hamilton. Um, I believe it's Franklin and, and Cuyahoga. I could be wrong with Franklin. Those are on the western part of the state. Um, but Cuyahoga is the county Cleveland's in. They're at tier three right now, which is a mandatory mask requirement. And they, there's like seven things that you have, like seven problems. And if you meet four or five of, out of those seven, you're in tier three. If you meet more than five of them, you're in tier four, which is like the worst one. And Cleveland 
Cuyahoga County's on watch to be in the worst out of the worst. There's currently no one in tier four in Ohio, but when it updates on Wednesday, there's a good chance Cuyahoga County could be in tier four. They'll play in Steubenville or something. They'll find a place halfway too. Bring it on down to the Hall of Fame city, baby. We're in tier two. We're in the orange. We got we got everything going on here right now. We got not actually we don't have anything going on, but like we <laughs> get bars and restaurants. We can indoor dine. You know, we're safe. Like uh, <laughs> open. I there's no football games being played there this summer, but it's open. No. Um, they've got a cool football card exhibit. So I guess that wraps up our Pirates talk. We'll do a uh, quick go around for the MLB now. Are you ready? Yeah. Go around the league. So aside from the COVID-19 testing issues, which for, for everyone that's getting upset about this, and I get it's frustrating and it's easy to be mad at Major League Baseball and it looks disorganized. But again, as someone who's been covering COVID-19 just as a news story since February, I can tell you nothing is different between the problems Major League Baseball is having as far as testing and that states, cities, countries are having the same issues. You know, testing is just hard. Labs are developing and it's, it's hard to prioritize baseball players' tests over, you know, someone's grandma in the hospital. You know, there's, there's more testing not to you know, quote a guy in office right now, but there is more testing going on right now in America than ever before. And it's hard to adjust to that rate. So there is going to be problems with the speed of returned results. Like my results were three days later than what they, that I, what I was told, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big time news reporter. So how could they get late for me? No, I'm just kidding. But that's, I, I see those frustrations and I get it. It does look disorganized, but I don't let that scare me about the future of this season. Like that's going to get figured out as, you know, the country just continues to adjust to this pandemic, but I'll go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, major league baseball attributed a lot to it to, you know, the holiday weekend Mm -hmm. and those unforeseen problems because no one could have seen July 4th being, you know, a holiday, but well, doctors are calling – like, people in those labs are calling off work. You have less manpower to, to get those results. But, yeah, you, you need to organize that to be like, you, you, and you cannot call off work no matter what. Yeah, we still have to get, get these tests done. This virus doesn't take a day off. What they really need – they need to get something going in Nashville or something and have, you know, just like an East Coast, West Coast, you know, to get all these tests cir- circulated because it's one thing – if a team has to shut down a camp for a day or two. And to credit, it seems like they have started to catch up, but you cannot risk this happening in the regular season because missing one game, you know, the Giants missing a day of practice, that's bad. Giants missing a game could theoretically throw the entire schedule off of of course, especially if it happens to be the last game in a series and you can't, you know, throw a doubleheader in there. There are only so many off days you can put in. It's there's so many factors like that. They need to really address, you know, some of these issues. And again, we'll never know if we overprepared. We'll only know if they underprepared. And right now, early on, it showed that they were underprepared. They were understaffed for some of this 
and I, I've kind of gone down a little bit whenever this was, you know, real big news a, a couple of days, a week ago, it was, you know, a serious threat of, is this going to threaten the season? I, I don't think it will right now, but it could. And Major League Baseball is lucky in the sense that so many of the players took this seriously and that the tests results have been less than 2% positive, which is far less than what the NBA had, far, far less than what the rest of the country has had. Yeah, the national average buffers from 4 to 6%. So if you can stay under 3, that's pretty good. Yeah. It, it, honestly, it feels like a lot of this season is going to be contingent on it being under 3%. I mean, baseball can't have – like Bruce Arians a couple of days ago for the Buccaneers just flat out said, you know, I expect everyone on our team to get it. It's like that's a horrible thing to say. That's a football guy, though. Like that's what Jim – I know that's a football answer, and, you know, there's a lot more close contact in football. You can kind of avoid a lot of that contact in baseball. You can in football in the trenches, but to just flat out say, yeah, we're all going to get it. It's like that's concerning. I, I liked uh, Harbaugh was kind of like, why is football being punished because of this virus? Like, that was like basically his line <laughs> of thinking. And it's like, it's coronavirus is going to be here if football happens or not. So we might as well do it. Like that's, that's not how this works, but I appreciate your sophomoric mentality. Anyway, um, biggest baseball story not related to testing, Buster Posey opts out. Uh, I would argue probably a bigger name than David Price. They're on Definitely. a similar tier. I would say they're on a similar tier. David Price is one of the most notable pitchers in the last five years. Price five years ago. Price, whenever he was traded to the, to the Blue Jays, was a top five player in baseball, both yeah. in performance and notoriety. He's taken a hit the last couple years. Correct. Well, you know, World Series, he looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked, he looked good in the World Series, yeah. That was like two uh, years ago. Um, but yeah, anyway. Well, Buster Posey, I would still say, is a top ten face of the league. But Buster Posey's a Hall of Famer. And, yeah. and so he opts out for what they just adopted twins. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, uh, premature, premature twins. twins. Yeah. yeah. So there's not that there's anyone needs a reason, risk. you know, you do you, but like, that is a, that's a solid reason, you know, like I can't, I can't knock that. And again, no one needs a solid reason. If you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. You know, they have money to take a year off work. Just the reality of the situation. Anyway, Posey opts out. Biggest name in baseball so far. Will he be the biggest name? We've heard Mike Trout talk about how he's not necessarily comfortable. Um, some Cubs players have said some stuff, I know. I just, in general, what, what do you think? Do you think Posey's the last domino, or, or do you think that there, there is a bigger name out there that's going to eventually just say, screw this? I think Posey is a top 10 player, like, like I said, in recognition across the league. So, the number of people who could potentially be bigger than him. We're talking about just Trout, Aaron Judge. Maybe if you really want to stretch it because, you know, he's in New York, Pete Alonzo. All right, you know, I'll rephrase it like in this. Here, hang on. Posey's the best player on the Giants, okay? Yes. How many best players for MLB teams will opt out? Will there be anyone else? See, I like that question more. Uh... Trout is the real wild card. Yeah. I mean, if, if the Angels are losing, I mean, uh, to be blunt, I have no insider on this because I don't cover the Angels. But if the Angels are losing and they're, you know, dead in the water, I, it, it wouldn't shock me 
if he decides, you know what, I'm going to spend some time with my newborn child instead. Mm-hmm. That's that's not unreasonable to think. Uh, for other teams, though, maybe, I don't know. I mean, Brian Reynolds just flat out said, like, nah, I never considered it. In the most <laughs> Brian Reynolds tone <laughs> ever, I Brian is fun with stuff like that. You know, just, nah. You ever see elaborate on it? Get, nah. You ever see the SNL skit Chad? No, I haven't. You haven't with Pete Davidson? You haven't seen that? I don't watch a whole lot of new SNLs anymore. Oh, man, you're one of those, huh? All right. No, my SNL Alex, was Alex gets with... mad because they pick on Trump <laughs> on SNL. That's why he doesn't watch it. Ah, uh, yeah. No, my SNL was back in my day. We had people like Keenan Thompson on it. I mean, oh, is that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and do you think that obviously if the tests go bad and it, it gets over, you know, three, four, five percent, MLB has a huge problem on their hands. But if I, marquee players, it would probably have to go higher than 5%. If it's like 10%, yeah. they have a huge issue. Yeah. Um, and if the public health situation yes, uh, really gets worse also, yeah. that's also contention. And Major League Baseball made sure to you know, flat out emphasize, like, look, we are not relying on tests from someone else from another source. These are our tests. We're not taking it away from you know, the publics yeah. in, in that regard. All right. So with that being said, do you think if, if – more marquee names, some faces of franchises back out, if Trout backs out, if Yelich backs out, if Bellinger backs out. But the testing, you know, the positivity rate stays the same. Will the MLB go through with a season without, you know, oh, yeah. the top 10 best players in the league? Yeah, they're, they're, go- they're going through. They didn't come all this way just to let Mike Trout say, nah, I'm good, ruin this whole thing. I mean, Major League Baseball has basically operated the last year without relying on Mike Trout because they don't know how to market players. But that's another argument for another day. Spicy take, Alex. All right. Yeah, that's another argument for another day. Uh, No, it's just going to be the health. Health is the only thing that could potentially mess this up for baseball. And that's either they can't get the test results done in a timely fashion, the public health situation gets worse, majorly tests explode to 15 20%. I don't know. Maybe they find out that the balls that they were getting all contained it. it just something like that. It would be big. It's not going to be an individual or a handful of individuals that mess up this entire season. It's going to be something out of their control. They wouldn't have gone through that ordeal with the league and the players association for it just to be a handful of individuals to mess it up at this point. Fair enough. And I guess our last topic of the day, um, will go off of something. Uh, my good friend, Alex tweeted out that kind of got my attention and got the wheels turning in this mediocre brain of mine. Alex, first off, congratulations, 3000 followers. I remember him when he was just a young boy had like 600, (laughs) um, do you think uh, the 3,000 mark is a product of you not having ridiculous hair anymore? You know what? <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's, it's undeniable. I have shot up, you know, the last two weeks, and you would think, oh, it's because baseball back. baseball's back. No, it's because I finally got 
my haircut. You look like a normal human again. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. I so, don't look like that guy from Hot Tub Time Machine anymore. <laughs> All right. So for their inner squad scrimmage on the ninth, the Pirates posted their lineup, and for Team Gold which shout out to you for giving the gold team rules reference from SpongeBob. I like that. Uh, the lineup was Jared Dyson, Eric Gonzalez, Josh Bell, Colin Moran, Jacob Stallings, JT Riddle, John Ryan Murphy, Cole Tucker, and then Michael Feliz was on the mound. Alex, I spot at least two catchers there. Um, is that yeah. right? Yeah, it was. What they ended up doing. So Yeah, uh, how did they line that up? And then I'll get into where I want to take this conversation after that. Uh, it, it was pretty normal. Murphy just hit Stallings caught Murphy just hit and they had a uh, David Eckstein play out in left field. So okay. I wouldn't call that normal, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's normal enough. I mean, whenever you look at the rest of the, of the lineup, how everyone lined up. What's David Eckstein's title? Uh, like a front office advisor, special assistant to the general manager and former world series MVP. Yeah. Slash, my brother got hired. May as well make it both Eckstein bros. Old back brother for <laughs> – um, but so my, my point being here is it was a unique lineup, and I was wondering how they were going to position it and end up not going along with my point here. But I think that 2020, based on the short season, we're going to see teams throw out some unique lineups and not unique in the sense of what the show's named after, a Sunday lineup where you're giving guys rest, but you're going to try to get the best offense possible in those nine spots of the order every single time your team takes the field. Because pitchers are at a huge advantage right now. Because like you said earlier in the show, Alex, hitters haven't seen a lot of live pitching, and they haven't had a nine-inning game experience really since September. So you're going to do anything to find some offense. And that might – mean guys playing in the outfield who haven't played in the outfield that might mean guys playing at second base when they've only played you know on the corner of the infield positions um maybe trying out guys at first base maybe you know playing guys at dh who haven't dh before that obviously is going to happen in the national league regardless alex do you think that that's going to be a common team or a common thing for all 30 teams to sacrifice a little bit of defensive quality to spark some offense I mean, maybe early on, especially whenever you have the expanded rosters yeah. and you have, you know, just get a couple runs early on. And then, you know, at the end of the game, you put in the peak Cosmas of the world. The Cole who can, Tuckers. Who can't, the Cole Tuckers, you know, the guys who can actually feel, maybe not hit as much, you know, preserve that lead. I, I think we're going to see a lot of weird baseball the first couple of weeks. I'm all I mean, for stuff it, like that. Because... Who knows how these expanded rosters are going to work? Are they just going to be four pitchers? And if they are four pitchers, are they just going to be, you know, inning eaters in case something goes wrong? Or are you going to try to bring in, you know, the three batter rule maybe takes away, you know, wanting to have just a loogie type guy. But, hey, maybe with that extra spot, you want to go with that. Pirates have talked about piggybacking starters, which you can kind of do whenever you have, you know, roster spots to play with. We're going to see weird baseball these first couple weeks. And it's going to be – very entertaining because a lot of September baseball could lend it in the past could lend itself to, you know, weirder things because there are, you know, more players at your disposal. But, you know, by the end of the season, basically everyone's apathetic and it's just like, well, we're going to get William Serez in there to face this one batter. 
that's how we're going to use those extra roster spots. No, I, I think especially with this team, Derek Shelton has said a lot of times that we're going to get creative. And he just flat out said, I, I think it was Friday night, that, you know, whenever we say creative, I think you guys come up with a couple ideas on how we're going to get creative. And we're taking it one step further than that, you know, it's like things we are considering. So, yeah, I think maybe we see some offense-heavy lineups where maybe, you know, like Colin Moran bounces the second base or something like that to get another lefty in there. There are better examples across the league. But, well, yeah. That's what I was going to say. What can they do that would wow you? I'm thinking maybe put Cole Tucker in the outfield. That's that's my big one, and that's something that hasn't been discussed yet. That and hasn't, maybe Newman before yet. Tucker. That's why. They'd put Newman in the outfield. I think they would put Tucker – in before Newman because Newman is Newman's played the guy, outfield, though, in the major league. He played like a game in the outfield. Has Tucker played year. outfield in his entire life? Probably not. No, but Newman's also the shortstop. He's also the guy who was the rookie of the year candidate last year. I mean, Tucker has to usurp him. He has to, he has to take that spot away from him. That's why Cole Tucker's going to sec, playing second base more and more than Kevin Newman in these situations. Because while Cole Tucker is a better fielder than Kevin Newman at shortstop, Newman was here first. Newman established himself. That counts for something in baseball. If this was, you know, just a video game, you didn't have egos and other stuff to worry about, you know. And yeah, Cole Tucker would be at shortstop defensively, and Cole, Kevin Newman would be at second base. There's something for, to say about being there first. This is my spot, in the words of Andrew McCutcheon. That's right. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't – is it his spot? Like, he played – he was the starter for, what, 65% of the season at shortstop? Yeah, I, he is the starter right now. Yeah, but, I mean, he's like 25 years old. Just tell him to play outfield. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm very big on the aspect that these are people, not, you know, video game characters. I understand all of that, but – I don't know. I mean, I, I look at Kevin Newman and I'm just saying, hey, man, I know you're shortstop, but he's better at fielding than you. We need you at the top of the order. Go play outfield. It'll make our team better. If you have a problem with that, kick rocks. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> but I think that that's something. I think Kevin Newman could probably make their outfield better as a whole. You could probably put him in center, and then you have – Reynolds as a corner outfielder and or you know Dyson could be a corner outfielder or something like that you, you could use Dyson's as a DH. what if, D if Dyson's in center if yeah. Dyson is in the lineup he's gonna be there because he can provide really good defense at a premium position all right he's well, not there because put, of his back you could put Newman in right or something and you don't have to worry about Polanco's arm I don't know I think Newman gives flexibility uh you saw them try that with Moran a little bit last year where they played him in the outfield. They played him at second base. I'm just trying to think of what else they could do to get creative. Are, do either Osuna? of the Pirates catchers oh, – Osuna could go to the outfield. He could play third. He could, yeah, I mean, he could play all four corners. Um, do any of the Pirates catchers have – remember, like, Russell Martin. Used to said, play like, third. He could play and, yeah. Or, like, Cervelli could play infield. Do any of the Pirates catchers have that ability, do you think? Uh, Murphy, I know, has played a little third base in the past, like in like an emergency role. Uh, I'm not opposed I mean, to trying obvious... anyone at third base. I'm not opposed to trying anyone at third base. Yeah. I mean, at first base, 
that that's the obvious, you know, move the catcher at first base and maybe they can handle that. But there's so much of this catching group is tied to what they can provide defensively in mm-hmm. blocking pitches and pitch framing that it really doesn't make a lot of sense to, you know, try to find them at bats. I mean, I know Luke Maley is leading the team in home runs at PNC Park, which who saw that coming? Yeah. <laughs> no one. But yeah, he, he they're here for their defense right now. And that's that's a lot of this team. I mean, this is a team that whenever you look one through nine, it's a pretty decent group of one through nine. It's this isn't the one through nine of a last place team. Uh and Jose Asuna is is a good, you know, option to have bounce around to DH, however they want to use the DH. It's mostly gonna be rotating. There isn't a whole lot of depth though, it seems, where you could get really creative maybe later in the year if Cabrian Hayes has established himself at third base you get more creative with Colin Moran like you said you know he has played a little outfield he has played a little second base if you want to have that lefty in the lineup against a right-hander but for now it doesn't seem like there's a ton I mean the obvious answer is Cole Tucker and that's more based on promise and what he has looked good in 2020 as a hitter in spring training and in uh, summer camp so far but you also have to realize that he he hit what like two oh four last year. He, he wasn't good in the major leagues. It is promise, and I can understand why he, why you want to get him at bats because of that promise. But he hasn't necessarily earned those did major league bats yet. Did he play any fall league stuff? I don't think so. No. No, he didn't play like in Arizona or anywhere. No. Okay. Well, that's all I got. You want to you wanna wrap us up here? Sure. Uh, like I said, this is part of a DK, uh, DK Radio. Uh, be sure to subscribe on any of your preferred uh, ways you prefer listening to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Anchor, Stitcher. We're all over. We're on places that I don't even know. We're probably on microwaves by this point. I mean, we're literally – anywhere you want to listen to a podcast this is available uh be sure to subscribe leave a comment i mean did, did my hair really look that bad no one likes making it out like it was actually that bad tell me if it was i know it's not going to come through in radio but you all know who i am by this point uh thank you for listening like i said this is sunday lineup we're going to be here every week weekend uh to recap what's been going on in pirates baseball look forward to what's to come uh thanks for listening